Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Crime Talk Tea Time. I'm Rachel. Hi, and I'm Lindsay. And we are two sisters that love to talk about true crime. So today we're going to be talking about the horrific murder of Myrna Salahan by Jessica Wongzo. Jessica Wongzo and Myrna Salahan had been close friends for years, both studying design together in Sydney, Australia. But on January 6th of 2016, at an upscale and trendy cafe in Jakarta, Indonesia, Jessica was accused of poisoning Myrna with cyanide in her Vietnamese coffee and calmly watching on as she died. Her actions leading up to Myrna's subsequent death was caught on tape and used against her in her murder trial. Myrna and her twin sister are both so remarkably beautiful. And I watched an interview with Sandy, her sister, and it was really just sad to watch. Her sister says that she lives in disbelief that Myrna's gone, understandably. And she had her whole life ahead of her as a gorgeous newlywed. And obviously, again, her sister is devastated. She had said that she just wanted justice for her sister. In her words, she said, a life for a life. And I can only imagine how difficult it would be to lose a twin sister. I know. And they are so gorgeous, both of them. It's just beautiful. What a horrible crime. Like to lose any sibling, but especially a twin. Yeah, I imagine twins are generally close. Um, Right. I can't stand murders that are motivated by jealousy. That's when I know, like, you know, greed is Mm -hmm. bad and whatever, but jealousy really makes me angry because. It's not Myrna's fault that she's better than Jessica. A hundred percent. And also I feel like murders and crimes like this that are motivated by jealousy are usually planned, right? Kind of an oversimplification there, but usually it's planned and very calculated. And just, I think that's pretty much anyone's worst nightmare is that one of your friends could be plotting against you in this diabolical, disgusting ways. Just terrible. Um, Yeah, we all know what it's like to have a friend who's jealous or be worried that your friend is going behind your back or even to be jealous of a friend but to take it this far is definitely an extreme (laughs) yeah I agree in 2007 Myrna started studying in Sydney as an international student she gravitated towards other girls studying abroad and became friends with Honey and Jessica Jessica was described by her friends as fun and bubbly, not someone thought of to be capable of murder, which is definitely a contrast to how her former boss later goes on to describe her. But. Yeah, so although Jessica and Myrna were close when they were studying design, they started to drift apart over time. And Jessica stayed working in Sydney and eventually became a permanent resident there and She got a boyfriend and Myrna returned to Indonesia after her studies and became engaged. Sometime in around 2015, Myrna went on holiday in Sydney. She and Jessica reunited to catch up, but Myrna had given Jessica some blunt advice to break up with her Australian boyfriend. Jessica didn't seem to receive it well and left Myrna in the restaurant with the bill. Savage. Can you imagine your friend being like, your boyfriend's a loser. You should break up with him. And they said she's just stopped talking. Like Jessica just stopped saying anything and got up and left. Break like, up with your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Man. But I you mean, know, 
we all have friends like that. Not everyone is a, is a mushy gushy. Some friends are a little bit more tough love. And it sounds like Jessica just didn't have the self-esteem to handle that is my interpretation of it. Yeah. And I guess she really rubbed Mirna the wrong way because uh, her fiance reported that after that meeting, Mirna was a little bit afraid of Jessica and didn't want to hang out with her alone and would just bring a friend to tag along. Which is kind of an interesting statement just because I can't imagine maintaining a friendship with anyone I was a little bit afraid of and didn't want to meet up with alone. But I guess she had sort of a a feeling, an accurate feeling about Jessica for sure. I don't know. Because if I was worried like, oh, I don't want to hang out with her by myself. Like, I'm afraid she's going to lunge across the table at me. I don't know that. I. Why would you go? Who knows? I don't I don't know the dynamic. So like I said, she just had a strong feeling about her the same year. Jessica is just going through it, girl. She attempted suicide multiple times. And right around this time, she started drinking a lot and abusing alcohol. She made the news after crashing her car into a nursing home wall after she had been drinking. Obviously, she lost control of the wheel. Or was that was that intentional or unintentional? You know, I was not able to tell certain reportings of it. The coverage of it made it sound like an accident. But to me, that sounds like another suicide attempt. Am I right? Or yeah, it sounds kind of like a very dramatic way to go. But, you know, she was taken to the hospital with sore ribs and a sore chest. And keep in mind, Jessica, she was from a pretty well, well off family, very well to do. And so I'm sure that they were all made aware of this incident. And I'm sure that was probably pretty embarrassing for them and for her. Apparently, while on psych hold, Jessica's boss, Christy Carter, came and visited her. Christy Carter is the head of media and marketing for New South Wales. And although she didn't testify in the trial, she was still interviewed by police, where she said Jessica is definitely someone who is capable of murder. While in the hospital during recovery for one of her suicide attempts, Jessica told Christy, I want to go home. They're treating me like I killed someone. If I wanted to kill someone, I know exactly the right dose. Two months before Myrna's death, Jessica threatens her boss, Christy, and says, you have to die and your mom should die too. Which I thought was very interesting because I saw this quote come up over and over again. And I've wondered to myself, what is the context of this conversation? Why did she think that? Why did she say that to her? I really... Who knows? It would be interesting Um, to know. While Jessica is in and out of the hospital um, for her multiple suicide attempts, meanwhile, Myrna gets married in Bali. They have a destination wedding. They invite all of their family and friends, and it's a beautiful wedding. She did not invite Jessica to the wedding, understandably. And a few days later, Jessica actually gets fired from her design job. I wonder why she's threatening her boss and telling her she has to die. I wonder <laughs> if that has anything to do with it, but not sure. And subsequently she relocates back to Jakarta after she loses her job. And her life is just pretty much spiraling at this point. Once back home, she reaches out to Mirna to meet up with her. And as you mentioned, Mirna didn't want to meet Jessica alone. And so her husband encouraged her to bring honey with her. And Jessica pretty much arranged this meeting solely for the purpose of murdering Myrna, which is kind of a scary thought, but it's so sad. Cause it's like, while Jessica's life is basically falling apart, she looks and sees Myrna's having this beautiful, perfect like, dream wedding, you know, with this 
wonderful supportive husband it's just like you know I don't know it's sad it is sad it kind of begs the question it kind of begs the question too if Mirna had invited Jessica would that have made a difference you know I mean maybe maybe not probably maybe or maybe she just would have witnessed her or it could have been worse exactly that's what I was thinking too it she could have just been witnessing her friend doing infinitely better than her live and in person so who knows right that could have been a a push her over the edge sooner exactly and so they did wind up meeting up the three of them on the 6th of January they meet up in the cafe at the Jakarta shopping center, Jessica texts the friends beforehand, insisting that she pre-ordered their drinks, which is kind of odd. What was really odd is she's like, Oh, let me get the drinks. But it was like over an hour before they needed to be there that she was getting the drinks. It's very odd. And she's getting a Vietnamese iced coffee. I don't know if you've ever had them, but it's an iced coffee. And (sighs) you know, it's going to melt. I don't even like to favor or Postmates, Uber Eats, whatever coffee, because by the time you get it, if it's a hot coffee, it's lukewarm. And if you get an iced coffee, it's melted by the time you get it. So yeah. Why would anyone be asking what your coffee order is, you know, 90 minutes before you are even even thinking about arriving? Yeah. Even if it's asking 90 minutes before, why are you ordering 90 minutes before? Like it's, it's weird. Like that would have kind of weirded me out a little bit, but like you show up and all the coffees melted, but weird, weirded out enough to not drink it. I don't know. You know, I've no, never turned down a nice no. coffee ever. Like, well, especially because, um, I was actually listening to Dr. Grande on YouTube, talk about this case. And he said the coffee was like $4 and that's like the average, uh, income for a day. Oh, wow. Like in, in Jakarta. Like, so that's one of the reasons why this case has caused such intrigue. Um, in Indonesia is because these are like the socialites and the elites. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's talk about the timeline a little bit. If you want to go over that at three 30 PM, Jessica arrives at the cafe, as we said, 90 minutes before her friends are scheduled to show up. And at three 32, Jessica leaves the restaurant to buy presents for her friends that she gets from, I believe bath and body works. It's soap in the trial. They actually said that was an unusual gift to bring friends. They thought that she bought it to make the bags really big to block the view. Absolutely. And just to, just to kind of rehash, she arrives to the cafe and then leaves to go buy something. So obviously she was there to kind of scout the place out. I mean, why would you arrive to the cafe first and then leave to go shopping kind of odd behavior, but continue at 1414. She, sorry, at 414, she returns with three large bags each containing a tiny bottle of liquid soap. So she's getting these big fluffy bags, right? She's on camera taking a moment to look around at the um, CCTV cameras and the tables. She picks up the three large shopping bags and places them on the table, obscuring her, sorry, obscuring the view, which is weird because like, if you have a bunch of bags, you probably put them on a chair. Also, yeah, it's just- uh... With the melting drinks. (laughs) Right. And another thing is too, I mean, unless you were just surrounded by shopping bags, it would kind of be improper etiquette for you to be placing bags or like purses, like anything like that on top of the table would be odd. You'd place it next to you or maybe even on the floor, but probably not on top of the table if you could help it. She's even seen adjusting the bags and moving things behind the bags, which they speculate is when she put the cyanide in the drink. Right. 
And about an hour before her friends actually arrive, Jessica goes ahead and orders a Vietnamese iced coffee and two alcoholic drinks. At 4.44, the drinks arrive to the table. Obviously, we're able to see this on camera, right? This is when she allegedly laced the drink with cyanide. You're not physically able to see her doing anything to the drinks. Again, it's blocked by those large shopping bags. At 5.16, Mirna and Honey arrive. The iced coffee has been in Jessica's possession for about 52 minutes. Within a few minutes of arriving, Mirna takes a sip of the drink. Seconds later, something wasn't right on the camera footage. It seems to suggest as if something didn't taste right about the drink. She actually is like fanning her face, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like something, you know, like a bad smell or like it, it's burning her. Like, we don't know exactly. According to experts, it's common for people to kind of feel a bad smell if they've been drugged with cyanide. And a couple of seconds later, she just throws her head back and it's, it's the most, it's horrible to watch. It is. And the funny thing is, is the camera footage is not super, super clear. I mean, it is a security camera and so it's just a little bit grainy, but it's very eerie to watch just because even from a distance, you can tell something very bad is happening, right? Like it's just strange behavior, People around obviously seem shocked and concerned, kind of unsure what is going on. The employees of the cafe actually said Jessica showed no emotion while Mirna is convulsing and made no effort to come to her aid, right? Despite, I think they said Jessica had worked as a paramedic or something. Like she had like paramedic training or some kind, like she should have been able to help. Right. Or at least somewhere. At least seem concerned somehow. And I mean, I don't know. I know you hate when people say uh, that they're, you know, if if someone's in shock, there's no telling what they'll do. I know I'm, I'm someone that kind of freezes when there's no handbook for grief. I know. Yes. But I I mean, if she was truly in shock, she was in shock, but with somebody with some sort of paramedic background, that makes zero sense. And also that narrative sort of fits the criteria of someone who is attempting to murder their friend. Obviously she doesn't want to interfere and help because she doesn't want her to live. Dead man tells no tales. Right. So, you know, and then the, probably the oddest thing of them all is that it's Jessica who suggests to the barista who I believe is also the manager but it was unclear from the different reports that I read. She is the one that suggested, what did you put in her coffee? Yeah. Why would that be the first thing you would think? Why would that be the first thing you would think? You would think that maybe you would think that she's having a seizure. Correct. Right. Or, you know, having some sort of an episode, why would you think that she was poisoned? And turns out she was. So Jessica Mm -hmm. girl. And the manager, after she said that the manager was like, what? So she saved the coffee, probably also partially because she's like, I didn't put anything in the drink. I'm going to save it <laughs> to show the, you. The irony of it is, yeah. yeah, if she had not made that statement, they might have tossed the coffee because they wouldn't have suspected poison. So Jessica sort of told on herself. What an idiot. God, what an idiot. No one right? said criminals are smart, though. I know. Nobody accused her she of was- being intelligent. <sighs> so let's talk a little bit about what cyanide is and what does the body. Um, so cyanide is like a carbon atom bound to a nitrogen atom. It, um, in, when ingested, it rapidly, uh, enact, I believe it inactivates methemoglobin or something. It, it affects your body's in um, English. ability. <laughs> yeah. It affects your body's ability to carry oxygen on red blood cells. 
which is obviously really dangerous. And it prevents, I guess, you know, the cells from using oxygen or something like that. And then the cells start to die, which is called apoptosis. The death um, of the cell. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's so our Ms. next Lindsay, podcast. Miss Lindsay, I'm sure you knew that just right off of the cuff, but for me, I actually I'm, did. I'm definitely going to have to clear my search history after this. Can you imagine yeah. my husband's like, why is my wife looking up cyanide and what it yeah, does right. to your organs? Well, we, it just so happened that we went over this recently in uh, school, but uh, some early symptoms include headache, dizziness, um, quick heart rate, shortness of breath, and then vomiting, uh, which this phase can be followed by seizures, slowing of the heart rate, low blood pressure, loss of consciousness, and then finally cardi- cardiac arrest, which means heart attack. Um, Onset of symptoms usually occur within a few minutes. So it's yeah. obviously a pretty deadly substance. Yeah, you see foaming foaming at the mouth as well, which they did report. Uh, the, the friend, Honey, reported seeing her foaming at the and mouth. And poor Honey, too. Can we talk about Honey? Poor honey had to witness this. I mean, the PTSD alone, you go out for a coffee and just what a terrible thing to subject somebody who had nothing to do with the situation at all. Yeah, literally, because Mirna's husband is like, oh, Jessica's kind of shady, honey. Why don't you go with her? And then she does. And And is freaking murdered. So I don't want to interrupt the timeline too much. But when Mirna realizes that, hey, something's not right with my drink, she actually, you can tell from the footage, she almost like, asks one of the girls to try it and neither of them do like maybe they don't no, like iced I believe, coffee i believe um honey did try it like she had a really tiny taste and she was like that's nasty or maybe smelled it or something like no, that she tasted it because they wondered why she didn't die they're like oh if it was laced with cyanide why didn't honey die yeah from cyanide poisoning it's because she just tasted it because she knew like oh there's something wrong with it i'm gonna take right can taste. you imagine if she would have been you know part of that somehow that just would have been even more sad. Yeah. And crazy. unfortunately, as Mirna's, you know, going, being taken to the hospital, suspected of a seizure, Mirna's sister, Sandy said, Jessica's the only person that's not even crying, not even faced by this. And they rushed Mirna to the hospital, but it's unfortunately too late. And despite exhibiting some pretty odd behavior, as we mentioned, Jessica isn't searched for anything. Well, yeah. I mean, it just seems like a, why would she be a medical emergency? Someone had a seizure and then a heart attack, like some, you know, seems medical related. Why would you think to search the friends? Like, what do you have on you? Yeah, definitely. And thankfully, you know, they held onto the iced coffee because otherwise there would pretty much be no case other than maybe the um, footage, which, you know, by itself without the cyanide laced Vietnamese iced coffee is not very damning because you can't really prove anything, you know? So Jessica shows up to Myrna's funeral and there is footage of her just looking strange and uncomfortable during the funeral service. And you can find it too. Um, You can watch it for yourself. And I mean, she's not doing anything super strange, but she's just definitely not crying. She doesn't seem upset, you know, taken out of context. You know, she, she could have been thinking anything, but she just doesn't appear distraught. So it doesn't help her case in my opinion. Three days after Myrna dies, the police confirm that there was cyanide in the coffee. And that's when they start to investigate Jessica, who's the person that gave them the idea that there might be something in the coffee, right? Correct. Uh, It only took a matter of weeks before she was charged with murder. 
Right. And so in June, the trial starts, which is about four months later, um, meaning four months after she was charged with murder. Right. And Jessica, we said it before, she comes from a pretty wealthy family. She's a socialite. Right. And so her family hires a top attorney and the trial went on for about four and a half months. And although Indonesian authorities cooperated with Australian law enforcement while investigating, they stated that they were guaranteeing to rule out the death penalty as Australia requested in exchange. We're going to have to edit this. Yeah, that's Uh, kind of a long. Why don't you let me say this? Yeah. Okay. So Indonesian authorities cooperated with Australian law enforcement during the investigation because, as we stated, Jessica was a citizen of Australia and Uh, The Indonesian authorities were requested by Australia to guarantee ruling out the death penalty in exchange for Australia's cooperation. But the Indonesian authorities stated that they didn't intend to be held to that. It was possible that Jessica could face death by a firing squad if she was found guilty of first degree murder. Which might have been appropriate. Oh, I think that's a perfect charge. That is a perfect charge for her. The prosecution brings up her history of four suicide attempts, two of which required hospitalization. They also brought up that embarrassing drunken car crash into the nursing home. She had an order of protection against her from an ex-boyfriend after she vandalized his car. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) However, (laughs) there wasn't enough evidence to charge her with the crime at the time. Correct. And the prosecution focused their case on the... TV surveillance footage and the evidence that the cyanide was found in Mirna's body, which was pretty strong evidence in Mirna's body, meaning in her stomach, which is where they found the cyanide. Jessica ordered the coffee much earlier than her friends, her odd behavior during the event and after Mirna's death. Um, There's footage of Jessica leaving the courtroom and she doesn't seem particularly bothered by some of the questions that they were asking her. When asked by reporters if she knows how the cyanide got into Mirna's coffee cup, she literally laughs in response and says, no, I have no idea. Yeah, but she fucking goes, she goes, no, (laughs) she like laughed. Yeah, it was definitely pretty creepy. And the funny thing is, we all have that friend or somebody that we know that laughs when they're lying. I'm one of those people. Oof, call her Because it gives her a second to to think of what to say. So she just laughs. Right. And it's, it's not a good look. I mean, if somebody asks how your friend died, would any part of your response be a laugh, no matter how nervous you were? I mean, why wouldn't you just ignore the question? Maybe she's the person that always texts, texts, LOL, even though they're not laughing. She texts LMAO with a straight face. Yeah. In an interview, Mirna's sister Sandy said that she thinks Jessica enjoyed the attention from the trial. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, what other motivation would you have to answer that question, especially in such a way that would make you look more guilty than previous? It doesn't just doesn't make sense. So the defense centered their arguments primarily around the fact that uh, Mirna was found with cyanide only in her stomach and nowhere else in her body. Which to uh, me at first, I wasn't even sure exactly why that would matter. Um, I'm coroner, sure, please tell us. <laughs> yeah, I would speculate the cause of death might have been organ failure, which is a lot of times, you know, caused by cyanide. But if that was the case, then they could make the argument that her organs should also have cyanide. I think I'm not 100% on that. I'm, I'm not like very educated in uh, poisoning or just like 
I don't know what the word is. Right. I mean, that yeah. theory makes sense to me though. I mean, that that's more of an explanation than I was like, able to come up with. Uh, pathology, stuff like that. And speaking of the defense, they also brought up the fact that she was not seen on the footage actually spiking the drink. And it's like, yeah, Jessica, thanks a lot. It's because you put those huge shopping bags on the table. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Literally. But some people think that Mirna's husband paid the bartender or the barista, right, to put cyanide in the drink. His beautiful newlywed wife for the life insurance. Okay. Which I don't even like saying that because I think that is so ridiculous. Like they yeah. claim that there's like some claim somewhere that uh, one of the restaurant goers recognized the husband as having been there, which they he's not on any of the security cameras. I believe, you know, the Indonesian police did their due diligence and ruled out any additional suspects. That's pretty crazy. It's also possible Jessica was simply psychic and knew there was something in the drink because of that. Naturally, of course. She was also not found with any cyanide on her clothing, although some people have speculated that she had plenty of time to throw away the pants specifically that she was wearing that day. And also, I'm not sure exactly how that works, where there'd be like traces of cyanide just from her being in contact with cyanide and pouring it into the glass. I mean, unless she spilled some on her, I'm not sure exactly how that works. I'm not a professional poisoner, but, uh, I, I don't know how much cyanide it takes. I don't know what kind of container you'd need to keep it in. So it Jessica transfer. knows, I know like some nitrogen compounds can bind to plastic right. or break okay. down in light, but I don't think cyanide is, but it, either way, she had plenty of time seeing as she was not searched after the incident. She had plenty of time to get rid of any clothes that she was wearing. I mean, so the, I don't know. Uh, what kind of argument that is on its own, but wow. Jessica maintained her innocence throughout. And when questioned about her behavior at the cafe, she simply responded during trial that she could not remember meaning in regards to like the timeline and things like that. Like Jessica, why'd you put those big shopping bags on the table? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so on October 26th, Jessica Wongzo was found guilty of premeditated first degree murder. The judges sentenced her to 20 years imprisonment. The Australian Federal Police assisted in this case in exchange for not using the death penalty. So it seems that the Indonesian police did hold up their end of the bargain in that case. Lucky you, Jessica. Right. She lives to see another day. It was said that her supporters, yuck, excuse me, that's me gagging. (laughs) Her supporters gasped when the verdict was read in court. (gasps) Shock. Clutching their pearls, these socialites. Um, she was quoted as saying, I can't accept this verdict. It's not fair. When you know, she was her lawyer, her lawyer tried to prepare her that she was probably going to be found guilty. He was like, Hey, just, you know, just so you know, like it could really go either way. So just be prepared. And she's like, no, it's impossible for me to be found guilty. I can't even the think audacity. And the funny thing is, is so as I'm putting this case to bed, so to speak, and I'm thinking, well, um, you know, she was sentenced to 20 years imprisonment. Unfortunately, she didn't get the death penalty. Um, in my opinion, I think that would have been appropriate, but as I'm thinking, Oh, okay. You know, I, I, I cheer for a a somewhat happy ending. Um, you know, justice was served and then you just serve for this senseless crime that like, it's not like, uh, Myrna ever screwed her over was ever particularly foul to her. No. And of course it's a horrible tragedy that 
you know, ultimately a a life was lost in this situation. But what I mean by that is just Mm -hmm. that I am happier, no poor choice of words. Um, when we do these types of cases, when we cover these cases, you, you feel slightly better knowing that there was some sort of a conviction, right. That it's not an unsolved case that she didn't, uh, you know, leave with an innocent verdict, right. Like a sense of fairness, a sense, a sense of justice. Although you, you can never, you know, you can, you can never make up for the damage that was done. It's terrible. So as I'm putting this case to bed, I read in the New York times from an article from, from after the verdict was read, According to the New York Times, intrigued residents have flocked to the restaurant to sit in the booth where Miss Salahan was poisoned and to order the iced Vietnamese coffee that was the last thing she drank. Sir, ma'am, yeah. are you Hold kidding the- me? Can you imagine? It's like, oh, wow, this cafe is really busy today. Oh, there's just a yeah. lot of people here. And people are like, um, ma'am, can, excuse me, hostess, can we have that booth over there? And they're like, um, I guess so. And they see you there. I'd like to order one Vietnamese ice cream. Like, what is wrong with you? Hold the cyanide. What's wrong with you? And I understand there are people that are interested in true crime and things like that, that like to stop by different sites. Oh, I don't know. I drove by JonBenet Ramsey's house. So yeah, like, but it's I- not like you dressed up in your pageant attire and you wanted to sit on no. the porch or something. Like, I, I just like don't childhood sashes and the crown. And I don't like understand glitter. what would motivate someone to go to it. And I mean, of course there are people that, you know, cover it's eerie mass murderings, mass murderers and, and horrible things like that. And, you know, like to, to participate in them somehow and, and see them because it's interesting to learn about, but why would you need to sit in her exact booth and order an iced coffee? Like the audacity, the disrespect. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, eerie i too probably soon. wouldn't do that too like, soon like i nope. tried to, i remember driving by the house we just we got out we looked took a picture go but we we try to be really respectful because there's na- people live there you know of like course. not not and at just her house but for those people that don't know what you're talking about you're talking about when you stopped at the ramsey house in boulder colorado yeah right. yeah and there's people driving by it like all the time well, we saw people driving by and but ogling it. It, it. To me, it's almost the equivalent of somebody like ringing the doorbell at the Ramsey house. It's just like, why? Yes. Like, well, why it's do also, you? It's vacant. Still, you know what I mean? It, it, I just yes. don't understand why would you need to sit in the exact booth and order her exact drink? Like, um, well, supposedly go to that hotel, um, the Cecile Hotel. Is that what it is? Yes. The Cecil yeah. Hotel. Right. The Cecil Hotel. Yeah. People go there and, and stay supposedly, in. Supposedly. People also say that they've seen Marilyn Monroe's ghost at the Roosevelt Hotel. I have, listen, no, I, I literally cannot imagine. But anyway, the, the takeaway from this, and maybe I didn't phrase it correctly, is when you cover these types of cases, a lot of times there's no justice at all. And ultimately a life was lost. And that's a very sad and devastating thing. And it does make you feel just maybe like half, half an increment better when there is some sort of a conviction, right? Because there's no way to make up to these families, their loved one, their, their sister, their mother, their friend that was lost, you know, but you feel better when there's some sort of a conviction. So as I was feeling that and experiencing that, then I read that little blurb from the New York times that people were sitting in the booth where she was poisoned senselessly and wanted to drink the same drink that she had. I just, I, it's like, as soon as you reach a moment of clarity, then you just like lose all faith in humanity. And that's how I felt when I read that. God, that's terrible. 
it kind of reminds me as well. This is our second poisoning case in a row. And it's just, I don't know. I think that's, that's a lot of times females are the ones that poison. I do find that to be a very cowardly way to kill someone. Not that there's a brave or appropriate way to do it, but it's just so underhanded, so sneaky. And I think that fits Jessica's personality perfectly. Yeah. And another thing too, is with, um, murders that involve poisoning, you really lose the argument that it was not premeditated, right? Like oh, right. you really can't make that case if you're poisoning someone, um, unless you always carry cyanide. Yeah. Unless you just happen to be carrying cyanide or something that somebody's allergic to or something like that. You just always keep yeah. peanuts on you or whatever. But yeah, it's like, you really can't make the argument that she just snapped one day. Obviously it requires planning and police are still unsure as to how, Mirna actually, uh, or I'm sorry, how Jessica got the cyanide in the first place as it's very hard to come by and even more difficult to obtain in Indonesia. So just think, do you have any theories there? Let me just double check this, but I'm pretty sure apple seeds and cherry pits contain cyanide. Yeah. Cherry pits. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, so there's ways to get Clear it. your search history <laughs> control. Yeah. Yeah, they they contain cyanide. So yeah. unless she like made it herself. Um, so what happens is it contains cyanogenic glycoside composed of some gosh, wow, a cyanogenic glycoside composed of cyanide and sugar. When metabolized by the digestive system, this chemical degrades into poisonous hydrogen cyanide (HCN), um, which a lethal dose can kill within minutes. So I got that from Britannica. So yeah, I mean, there's ways to get it naturally, I guess. But I mean, to buy it off the streets, possibly as well. But like, how would she even know that that would work if she if she made herself? And I know so, you're not supposed to eat apple seeds because they have cyanide. Do you think that 20 years is an appropriate mm, sentence? Yeah. I don't know. I the family doesn't think so, so I feel bad saying yes. But you know, I, I was reviewing the case, and my husband was nearby, and he said, "Wow, only 20 years." And I thought, you know, I've seen other horrible cases like rape cases and things like that where people have gotten significantly less. So although I can see why maybe the family would not be happy with 20 years, I'm not sure exactly what kind of the standard is for that in Jakarta. I don't know. I, well, I, I like, cause it also depends. Sometimes people will get 20 years with at least five years before parole. So I don't know like what's the, the exact nature, but if she was kept there for 20 years, I don't know. I, I think life in prison is adequate for when you kill someone. Um, yeah, definitely. I Anything mean, less is less adequate. Yeah. And the family wanted a death penalty. So definitely. So they're probably not happy with that verdict, but at least she was found guilty. Yep. That's, that's all we've got. So that's all we've got and we're clinging to it. So thank you all for tuning in to this installment of Crime Talk Tea Time. We're excited to be back with another case. We've got a few things we're working on. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Well, you won't see us next time. You'll hear us next time. So actually you'll just hear me. I'm going to mute you the next podcast. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. You guys. Bye.